I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm kind of nervous recording. But I've wanted to do this for a long time. I feel like if I don't do this, I'm going to lose what I have and what God's given me. I feel myself slipping between the quack, the cracks. I feel myself giving up. The more and more I think about it laying here, I keep telling myself, why would he let me do this? Why would he allow me to just give up like this? Why would he let me do these things? Why would he allow me to get back into the things that I was delivered from? Why would he let me do it? As much as I'm talking to you, God, I'm talking to you too, Satan, because I want you to hear and listen to what I have to say. You may have allowed me to have a thorn in the flesh, but that doesn't mean I have to keep thinking about how much I am a failure. Like Paul said, it buffets him, so I can let it buffet me or I can let it destroy me. I was addicted to porn. I was addicted to suicide. It was in my head every day. I was addicted to self-denial. Telling myself I wasn't worth anything. Telling myself I'm not worth living in this world. I was addicted to those things, but one one day at camp, God told me I was worth more. And that I could get addicted to him. One day he said, it's all done, son. I will take it from you. I will lift it upon my back. I will take the yoke. But here I am today recording this, saying that I am taking it back myself. That I feel myself telling God, don't take it from me. Because it's not yours to have, it's mine. When it's not true, it's his. He died for it, he wants it. Because he is the son, and he wants his prize back. He died a sinner, so that we could be living as a child of God. And here I am, being a child of Satan, looking up these images again, putting these thoughts back in my head, running back to the thing that I was comfortable with. Was it too much for me to serve God? Was it too much for me to be like God, to act like God, and to instruct godly? I don't think so. I think I got scared. I think I am scared. Because the more and more I read, the more and more I realize that God is not a joke. That God is too real. That God is more and more. What he said he is, the closer and closer times come to end. Yes, I'm scared because I don't know if I can meet up to what he requires us to be. But I don't know if I can give up. The more and more I act like I'm going to give up, the more and more the fire stirs in me. Why, God, why do you stir it in me? I don't deserve it. I don't deserve the calling. I don't deserve the ministry. I don't deserve this house. I don't deserve my wife. But yet you give it to me. 
Yet you put the calling in me. Yet you call me louder and louder. Come to me, son. It'll be okay. I want to stop again. I want to put it away. I want to kneel at the cross and hand it over and take it away. Lord, take it away. Because I am not the man that you should be calling, but yet you call me anyway. So there must be something in my life that you need from me. There must be something in my life you want to use me for. So God, use me. Change me and make me a man worth sanctifying. Make me a man worth changing. Make me the husband worth leading. Make this house worth clinging. And Satan, I tell you that I'm not giving up, that you can't have me. Because I've seen what you've done to me. I've felt what you've done to me under the blade. I've cut myself too many times. God's paid the blood debt. You can't have mine. Forgive me, God, I've sinned today, and I'll probably sin tomorrow, because you are the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. You know it all. So I speak now to you, God. Forgive me. Satan, you can't have me. I'm not giving up. You can oppress me. You can squeeze me into a corner, but I know who you really are. I know what you will really become. I know where you truly belong, and that's under my heel and your head on mine. You will bruise my heel, but I will bruise your head. That's where you belong, and that's where I belong. Got to realize that I've got to keep pressing forward and running this race because if I don't, life will overcome me. Life will live me and I will not live life. I felt like I've had to record this. I feel like I should still be recording. It's something that was in me when I got this calling. I wanted to talk, I wanted to speak. When I have sermons, I wanted to practice because an idle mind is the devil's playground and he's been swinging on me for a long time. He's been spinning around on me for way too long. And time's overdue that I must make my mind a mind of God, that I must put away the things of a child and do his will. Help me, God, to be that man that you so called me to be. So when I get to see you, God, when I get to see the man that made all my scars worth it, the one that made that night worth it when I wanted to shoot myself and I decided not to and wondering if it would be worth it. I want to see that man that made it worth it. And when I see you, I want you to say, welcome in, my son. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. I want you to tell me that I've kept the faith, that I've held on. Held on, what does that mean? 
I don't believe that means perfection. I believe that means you're going to struggle, but you held on. That yes, you fell. That yes, you made mistakes. Yes, you've sinned, but you've seen who I am. And you did not give up. You've held on. Well done, that good and faithful servant. Well done, that good and faithful servant. Thank you, God, for who I am. Thank you for changing me because I know I don't have to be the man I used to be. You're everything I need, God, and you're everything I'll hold on to. Things can leave, can burn down, can can walk away, can break and fail. But I know I can cry and look up to you and you will be there, the man standing on a rock. And you will call me upon that rock and I will stand on it too. And it will not fall under me. Thank you, God, for everything. And forgive me for who I am. And make me who you want me to be. Um, this recording is, uh, it's very personal. It's very recent. It's very, it's very open about my spiritual life and who I am. Uh, I am a preacher from Wabash, called by God, and I believe I'm called by God. I I preach at a Pentecostal church called the Remnant, or formerly known as the First Wabash Chapel of God, and uh, my name is Sam, by the way. Um, I'm 23 years old right now, getting ready to turn 24. I'm surprised I don't have gray hair yet, but... Uh, Speaking as honest as I can speak and pulling every bit of truth out of me as I can pull and being as open. God has definitely been good to me. And God has definitely showered me in mercy and has really issued a large portion of grace into my life. I didn't even know I was supposed to be a preacher until I got serious with God. I was doing so many things in my life that wasn't for God's kingdom that I deserved to be dead. Um, addicted to pornography, cutting myself, dealing with depression. Um, I about shot myself with a an old World War II rifle that I'd collected in my first apartment that I had. And it was the first time being alone, truly not having parents outside my bedroom door, having friends around. I. It was the first time being alone in that apartment, and it seemed like the walls were closing in on me, and the trigger was getting closer and closer to my finger as I was squeezing it and decided I didn't want to do it. 
And I, I believe truly that God put that decision in my heart. I truly believe that he was telling me that there was more to be had if I would just wait. And I'm here now. There was definitely more to be had. And I still believe there is more to be had. Even with still overcoming uh, temptations of pornography and lust. Am I addicted to it anymore? I don't believe I am. I truly don't believe I'm addicted to porn anymore. Do the temptations still come? Of course they do. And they come, they come at a million miles an hour and from all sides. Do I fall? Sometimes yes, I do. Sometimes I really do trust God and overcome them. The times I do fall, I feel myself not trusting God. I feel myself uh, truly giving in to that temptation. Uh, the feeling that comes over me is the feeling that I have to, otherwise I'm going to suffer the whole time that I'm dealing with this and that I'm going to suffer, even if it uh, passes by me. I feel like it's just going to be over my mind lingering until I actually give in to it. And then once, once I'm over it, whether I fall or not, I come to the realization, and I believe God quickens my mind, telling me that it's not true. That's what Satan wants me to believe, and I feel guilty. Um, I feel terrible. I feel like that I deserve to go to hell no matter what, no matter how true I speak my feelings, no matter how hard I can pray, no matter the emotion that will come out of my mind and out of my soul, I feel like that I'm going to hell. Uh, and it's it's a heavy weight to have when that comes over you. Do I think I'm the only one that deals with this? No, I don't. I, I believe anyone that deals with a certain struggle of the flesh that they personally struggle with, I believe this is the same feeling that they experience um, and I believe that more people should speak about this. I believe more people should be more open about this as I'm going to be. It's hard for me to admit something like this, something that's supposed to be kept private and personal. Uh, seems to be that a lot of people think it's disgusting, but when we see it in the world, more people are joking about it now, more people are open with it but not in a vulnerable way. They're open with it, joking, trying to make it feel better in themselves when I know out of a personal experience that it cuts deep. It leaves a lot of questions to be answered. A lot of questions that probably shouldn't be asked, but nevertheless, uh, is my calling to be a preacher? I really feel like most of these sermons that I've preached come and bite me in the butt after I preach them. Not in a way that I regret, but in a way of I should have listened to myself preach as I was preaching to the church, hoping that they would listen to me. And moving forward, my prayer to God now is that he would open my ears as I preach, that I would listen to what I'm preaching, that I would listen what God is using this vessel to speak through, 
that it would help me as well. Uh, one of the sermons that I actually came across as I came downstairs and opened my Bible was my first sermon. Uh, it was titled Death Grip, and it was out of First Peter 5.8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Um, if you'll stay with me for a minute, I'll actually go over the sermon. I promise I'm not going to preach. I'm not a very boisterous preacher at all, by any means, but I promise I won't uh, go through every detail. But I, I want to be open about this sermon as well. I want to go through it and just really open up your eyes to what my eyes were opened up to as I came downstairs and even as I preached it too. Uh, my first point was God describes the devil as a lion. Uh, and the sub points were a lion hunts, he stalks, and he kills. A lion is very smart and patient. They, uh, They'll use any cover to cover themselves until they are close enough to close the gap to their prey. Uh, they'll they'll be as quiet as they can. They'll they'll make it seem natural to the prey. As the prey is looking around, you might get nervous, might sense something, but that line will make it as natural when he looks up to check the area that nothing's going on. He'll make it seem natural. He'll make it seem okay. Second point is uh, the lions will hunt for the weak ones and not the strong because they know, going into the subpoints, they know to go for the guaranteed kill. They know what to look for. They know what kill they can get. And that from that point, going into the third and last subpoint of uh, point two, they begin that hunt. Uh, they will they'll start to hunt they'll start to use the things that as humans are weak weak to speaking of the devil as a lion um he will use things that we are accustomed to whether it be of sin or things of that are aren't that are innocent and not sin but are distracting us from god he'll he'll continue to use those tools to get closer to us though he'll start to hunt us he'll start to learn about us and get close enough to close that gap as I said now how are we like the prey that the lions hunt well the the three sub points that I came up with was uh, not coming to church was a big one and that was a big one before I got serious with God as you know I worked you know 40 hours a week at the time at a dealership and Sunday morning was my only morning and I wanted to stay home and get as much rest and recovery as I can get and I remember our assistant pastor and my best friend always calling me and asking me where I was and what I'm doing and why am I not in church, not to yell at me or to scold me, but to encourage me to come to church and to encourage me to not uh, let this go to waste. Another sub-point is not investing personal time with God, and I believe that uh, along with sub-point three that I'll get to, I am stuck on these. Uh, I think I'm stuck on not investing personal time with God. I, I believe that I'm very wasteful with my time. I believe that uh, I can definitely use my time more vitally 
I definitely believe that I should at least take some time out of my day, whether it be on my 15-minute breaks at my work or when I come home, before I go to bed, to, to give some personal time to God, to to thank Him for allowing me to work today, allowing me to be alive today, and then going over things that I believe I can grow on, talking to God, asking what I can do for Him, what more I can do for the kingdom. I believe there's a lot of things I could be talking to God about, investing in a personal relationship with God, growing that relationship. Um, coming on to that third sub-point is another one that I am stuck on, is not reading His Word. Now, you'll say, well, what kind of preacher are you if you don't read His Word? How can you preach? I'm not saying I never read His Word. I'm saying maybe I need to read more. Uh, maybe I need to read more fervently and more in-depth, more uh, intimate with the Word. I believe if you can't get intimate with something, and I'm not talking about sex or physical touching, not I believe intimate is a more serious word. Uh, I believe that's how we can get close to something and anything that we do. A job, a hobby, um, a, a family member, a wife, a husband. If you can't get intimate with those things, you can never grow with those things. You can never become one with those things and be the best that you can be for those things. And uh, they can be the best for you. So I believe that I could definitely get more intimate with the Word, applying it to my life, putting the mirror up to me, and seeing how the Word correlates with my life. And if it doesn't correlate at all, that I need to change things in my life and not change the Word on how my life would fit into it or how it would fit into my life. I I can't make the Word convenient to me. Um, going into my fourth point, how can we be ready for this lion? Well, back to point three, being ready for all those things and knowing, uh, as First Peter 8 said, the adversary, he is an adversary. He's not a ruler. He's not someone that dominates us. He's an adversary. Knowing that he's an adversary and that we are going up against him and not kneeling down to him and knowing that we have to answer to them knowing that we don't have to do that is one way that we can be ready for the line is knowing that he's an enemy and not a king he's not a ruler over our life uh, verse or point four continued uh, I believe that we need to know the one that lives in us the one that we claim lives in us is greater than the ones of the world greater than the one roaring and seeking who may whom he may devour. I believe I struggle with this point as well. I believe I struggle when the temptation comes, knowing that God is inside of me, screaming not to do it, screaming to just get up out of the bed, or screaming just to to go do something to get your mind off of it. You know, I, I believe that God always will create a way out through all temptations. I don't believe he'll ever put you in a situation you can't handle. I believe that he'll put you in a situation that you can grow and learn from and get out of it if need be. Um, so I believe that we need to know, sub-point three, that God is greater in us than the one who is outside fighting against us. He is greater, and he can use us, and he can use the things around us to make good 
out of a bad situation if we allow him to. Um, going into sub point four, we need to know that we're not alone and that we need to remember his promises. Uh, and I believe in verse nine and verse 10 of first Peter was saying that, and I'll read them to you real quick. Whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. As I said, knowing that you're not alone, as I said earlier, also um and then verse 10 about remembering his promises but the god of all grace who hath called us unto his internal glory by christ jesus after the that ye have suffered a while right there saying that after we had suffered and fought through it he will make us perfect established strengthen and settle you those are promises it doesn't say that he might make you it says make you that seems pretty 100% to me. That seems and like that is a promise to me um, that he will, he will bring an end to those things <clears throat> and that he will bring us to an end into perfection and into being established and strengthened and settled. Um, and it just came to my mind. I'm, I'm watching this TV series called Forged in Fire about making knives. And I believe that we can come to a point creating that sharp sword that we could be able to fight against the devil with ourselves and our own spiritual uh, temptations and in others that we could help uh, others fight through these temptations and I'm not saying that we'll come to a point and be done I'm saying that God can bring us to a, a sharp point to where we, be, we can become true spiritual war, warriors for God that we are effective for his kingdom and not just branches to be broken off and thrown into the fire. So I, I believe in that sub point uh, that we need to remember his promises and knowing that we are not alone. Um, and then I, I went into the conclusion and, and to the altar calling, you know, asking, you know, what came in your life and distracted you. And if I had to answer that, I would definitely say I once I got older and interested in girls, I definitely let girls get into my life and distracted me from God. I know my mother had a, a great spiritual influence on me as well as my grandmother and my grandfather. They always told me to to keep God in our hearts. And I believe once I got older, I, I went ahead and tried to keep girls in my hearts. I tried to keep that distracted from God. And, you know, I was I was wanting a wife as soon as I turned 16, you know, because everyone gets married at 16, um, I just wanted everything right now. But it, that's how I would answer that question, and that's where I got distracted was wanting everything now, wanting girls now, wanting, I mean, even, even wanting a car or wanting, you know, everything in my life to fit perfectly now is, you know, is what distracted me. And then my, my third closing question is, how is Satan closing that gap in your life? You know, if I had to answer that question, I'll stand, still answer it now. I still believe he's trying to close the gap in my life. I still believe that he's a roaring lion seeking to devour me. And I believe that's true in everyone's life. I believe if, you know, he doesn't get you the first time, he's going to continue to try until he does. And this is this is an active war. This is an active uh, fight against Satan. And this is an active relationship with God. 
I don't get saved and be done and Satan just walks away and says, oh, well, I lost. I better walk away from this one. No. God is on one side saying, continue to walk towards me so that I may grow you. And Satan is on the other side creeping and getting closer to you and tempting you and getting you to, to come to him, closing that gap in, in the life of me, others, you. You know, so it's an active war. It's an active fight. It's an active walk in a Christian's life. It's not easy. And uh, I thought about a sermon about that, you know, being spiritually fit. Um, maybe someday when God brings it back to my mind and gives me some scriptural backup to it, maybe I might preach on it, maybe I might not. Maybe it might just be God and me, uh, food for thought from my mind and my spirit that God's telling me. But anyhow, um, my third and last closing question is uh, how, will, how will you change that and what will you put away? How will you be sober spiritually? Um, the thing that I, I came to a conclusion to doing that and how I can answer that is I told God that if anything was going to be distracting me from you, God, that I would get rid of it. And I've I've been doing that. I've struggled with it. Um, I, I'm currently fasting from Facebook for a year. Um, I believe in February will be the whole year. And I, I said whether or not I decide to get back on it is another thing, another day. I haven't had it for a long time and I haven't suffered from it. I've actually seemed to not have too much drama in my life because of it. I, I think that's a good thing. Another thing is I, uh, I've deleted YouTube. I've deleted my account. Um, I recently downloaded it back and was using it for mechanical purposes and research purposes and then some uh, social purposes like watching some videos that I like and stuff and I've seen it coming back into my life and coming back you know trying to distract me again so I just deleted it again today and whether or not that will be back is you know up to me and God and what God puts on my heart and how uh, that will work out um, but that's a, that's a question. I, these are all questions I need to continue to ask myself every day and whether or not how I ask them each and every day is up to me. It's a choice in my life, whether I am going to ask those questions or whether I'm just going to wake up every day and, and just move on with my life, you know, and I, I don't want to do that, you know, as much as I struggle and as much as I fall. It seems like the fire in me, the fire, as uh, I believe Jeremiah said, um, correct me if I'm wrong, the fire shut up in his bones. You know, I feel the same way sometimes. You know, as soon as I fall, it seems like this fire gets more fervent and more heat in me, you know, screaming, why did I do this? Why Why would I ever do this? You know, I, I must get better from this. You know, I, I got to get better somehow. Whether, Whatever it takes, whatever I got to sacrifice, I, I must get better. I need to get better. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to say those things because I just keep telling myself, you're going to keep doing this over and over again. Why are you, why are you even saying these things? You know, it's not true, but I, I believe that's Satan speaking into my mind again, trying to, to get me to, to quench that fire. And honestly, this is another prayer to God, you know, don't quench that fire, you know, get that fire so hot that it consumes like, uh, Elijah, it consumes the sacrifice, it consumes the barrel, uh, it consumes that water, 
So, uh, it's just some food for thought today. It's, it's a confession in my life. It's an open book in my life for anyone that wants to listen. Um, I hope this helps anyone and everyone. I, I pray that people will continue to open their eyes to God and see that this nation and this world is falling very short in time. It's falling very short in God's relationship and God is, God's patience is very extended at this period of time. Um, I pray that he doesn't lose his grip on me. I pray that he continues to keep me and use me and use this vessel and continue to spiritually clean it out and to, to sanctify this. I definitely pray this in the name of Jesus and I claim in his name to be done. Um, I'm, I'm happy that I came down and I picked the Bible up. You know, I could have walked by it and kept moping around in my, my sorrow and my sin, but I, I chose to... I chose to pick this Bible up and to see if if there's still something for me that God can use me. And, and I believe he spoke to me just now, and I believe he spoke to me using me, you know. And I'll, I'll actively prayer, pray in this recording. You know, God, I, I ask that you would forgive me with as true of a spirit as I can ask now, Lord, with an open heart, with a very broken heart, Lord. I ask that you would forgive me, Lord. I ask that you would use me, Lord, and you would spiritually clean me and sanctify me. Um, Consume the sacrifice, Lord, with your fire that is inside me. You know, I I sacrifice the world to you, Lord. I sacrifice the world that is in me. I I give it to you, Lord. I surrender it. I surrender all of it, Lord. I, I pray that you would consume it with that fire, Lord, and you would forgive me and you would make me spiritually new, Lord, that I may walk in your wisdom and in your knowledge and in your love. And it's in your name I do pray, in the name of Jesus, and in all things, and in all your glory, in Jesus' name, amen.